With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, welcome into another edition of One for the Road here on Maze and Brew. Uh, I'm Anthony Broom, your host, uh, the managing editor of the website. Uh, was not around last week. I was in Minnesota for Super Bowl week, uh, so... This is the follow-up to the uh, the Dan Enos rant, uh, so to speak, from a few weeks ago. Um, National Signing Day the, for Michigan. The, the dust is cleared here. And uh, not a very exciting day. Not even really a day to pull any positives out of unless, you know, you're happy. Obviously happy for the guys that um, did not sign during that early signing, signing period uh, back in December. Um, you're obviously happy for the guys that were able to um, ink those those letters of intent today and make their commitments official. Uh, so Michigan's class is set in stone uh, where we stand today. You're looking at, um, and this is a big point of contention for a lot of people, and we'll talk about it, but uh, where things stand right now, you're looking at the 21st ranked class in the nation, uh, the third ranked class in the Big Ten, and um, a lot of people uh, aren't, it's not a sexy looking class when you go by stars and rankings and um and right off the bat, I just want to say, you know, for the people that say that stars don't matter, and by and large, they don't on an individual basis. Uh, you know, uh, a, there's there's ton of five-star busts, and there's a bunch of two- and three-stars that, that emerge and become, you know, first-round picks in the NFL and things like that. So it, the stars are not an exact science. But the way I look at it is, um, before I bring in uh, my guest for today, uh, is I see the star rankings as – they're lottery tickets. Uh, your your blue chip guys, your four and five star guys. The more of you those guys that you have, um, you know, obviously the higher ranked your class will be, and, and those numbers show that you know these top five classes, top two, top three classes that you see the Alabamas of the world put out, the Ohio States of the world put out, the Georgias of the world are putting out now. Um, those are the kind of classes you have to stack consecutively and and for a few years in a row to you know, to have a national title contender. And, you know, Michigan has done that the last few years. I liked the, the 2016 class. 2017 class was very good. We saw a lot of those guys from both of those last two classes play 
this past year. But, you know, when you look at this 2018 class, I mean, I see Joe Milton is to me, um, probably the crown jewel of this class, but you've got guys like, uh, Miles Sims, who I think is a very good player, a four-star defensive back. You've got Aiden Hutchinson out of Dearborn, uh, defensive end. Cameron, Cameron McGrone, uh, is some people think he's a five-star prospect. Um, so those to me are, you know, Mustafa Mohamed at tight end as well. So, I mean, but there are a billion podcasts out there that will break down things, uh, player by player. And we'll do some of that stuff on the website too, but, um, you know, I want to bring in uh, one of my cohorts at the website right now, Von Lozon, uh, one of our editors at Mason Brew, kind of a jack of all trades here. Uh, and we're going to talk about, you know, should people be disappointed about this class? And there's a lot of apathy right now um, towards this program. Um, you know, there's, there's frustration. I get it. You're coming off of an eight and five year. You're coming off of, you know, he thought you'd see some major changes, uh, namely on the offensive staff. And, you know, there have been some, um, but not the ones people wanted. I mean, Tim Drevno is still around. Pep Hamilton's still around. So, Vaughn, let me ask you. I mean, this is kind of, in a lot of ways, National Signing Day is kind of the cap to what last year was. Um, and then you move forward to the offseason here now. Are fans right to feel that there is no trajectory forward and I'll, I'll give my take on this, but you know, there's a lot of doom and gloom out there. And and do you, do you sympathize with that? Do you see where it's coming from and do you agree with it? Well, first and foremost, yeah, today was definitely not a a good day for Michigan Wolverine football fans losing Otis Reese last second uh, to decommitment flipping to Georgia. That's always rough. Uh, You know, that was one of the ones that you, you didn't really see coming. He had been committed since June of 2016. So that one really hurts that uh, <clears throat> Chris Partridge and all those guys recruiting him weren't able to shut the door on that. And of one. course, the first thing you hear is uh, the bag man, the bag man. <laughs> got to him. Yeah, exactly. So that's, that is a huge disappointment, but I would say that if this were a running back that did this, I would say that is a, uh, that would have been a, a much bigger issue uh, for Michigan, if they weren't able to get a big running back recruit, linebacker, it's not a huge position of need. Like you said, Cameron McGrone is a, a five-star talent on, um, I think, Rivals. I think he's five-star. So it, it's just depending where you're looking at, but he's either a four-star or five-star. I think he's he's a top yeah, three player I, in this We'll class. go by the composite here. He's a, he's a four, four-star recruit. 24-7 composite is undefeated. Yeah. Shout out 24-7. They pay my bills. <laughs> there you go. I, well, I agree. I, I go off the composite as well. Um, I, I think he's a, a top three player in Michigan's recruiting class right now. I'd, I'd say him. I really like Miles Sims. And, you know, number three is a toss-up. I, 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 I like what you said about Joe Milton. I mean, he has a lot of upside, um, but that's remained to be seen. And we probably won't see a whole lot of them for a few years. But anyways, getting back to what I was saying, losing Otis Reese, not a huge deal. The linebacker position isn't a huge position of need for Michigan. They got McGrone. He's a good uh, talent coming in. Uh, but last year, you had uh, Drew Singleton coming in. You had uh, 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 Ross, Josh Ross come in. Uh, Jordan Anthony was coming in. So you've got uh, a plethora of players at the linebacker position and – you're getting Devin Bush back as a junior. You're getting Khalid Hudson back. So the cupboard is pretty full with uh, linebacker recruits. Um, now, I know that the Viper position is the one that they were looking to 
to fill there. I think McGrone's probably going to be either uh, at Mike McCray's position on the weak side, or he'll be a middle linebacker at some point. But but you do have a few players that I think can fill in at Viper if Khalid Hudson goes down. I think Brad Hawkins is a guy that uh, could could fill that position if needed. I know he's been working there pretty much all season. Um, didn't see a whole lot of them at the Viper position because Hudson was just that good. Uh, but he was on special teams. He played pretty well. Um, so if anything happens there, I think he would be able to fill that pretty nicely. Um, and then you still got Josh Metellus too. He didn't play all that great at safety. And rumor has it that he's going to be competing for his job uh, in the spring and all throughout the summer. So maybe put him back at Viper. And he played there, I believe, in the Orange Bowl back in 2016. So he's got some time there as well. So uh, as, as far as the doom and gloom, I, I wouldn't say there's a doom and gloom. I think that's too drastic of a phrase. Well, it's a very it's a very vocal minority yeah. that is being perceived as a loud majority. It, it seems like it's getting louder. It, it's though. getting very loud. It's pretty deafening, actually, on, on some of the comments on, on our website right now. It, it's, it's pretty loud uh, from the fans that are diehards that, you know, want those five stars and expect those five stars. And, and I can sympathize with them. I, I think Michigan should be getting some of those higher recruits and the fact that they didn't get a top 100 recruit, um, you know, f- uh, from the two 24 seven composite, that's a little alarming. They missed on a ton of guys. Otis Reese would have been the one 100, uh, a top 100 recruit. He of course, you know, decommitted went to Georgia, uh, losing out on Petit Frere. The, the offensive tackle that signed with Ohio State, that's always uh, really rough. And he was a – he's the top player in his position. Yeah, they started recruiting him a yeah, month ago. It, <laughs> like it, 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 happened, it happened really quick. Um, but to be fair, Ohio State uh, didn't really recruit him until late in the process either. Um, so that that's right. that's one that really hurts going to the rival school. Um, you know, losing out on these guys, like those guys, Jarrett Anderson, offensive lineman that they tried to go after, he – he kind of cut uh, Michigan from his top three um, about a week ago. He he put Notre Dame and UCLA, his hometown school, in his final two and ended up going to Notre Dame. So Michigan will uh, see him come September 1st in South Bend. So, you know, losing out on these guys, I, I can understand where the fans are coming from. It's definitely frustrating. But like you said to begin the show, uh, the 2016 class was was really good, and the 2017 class was probably better. So you just got to get these t- uh, guys to develop. You're finally getting that 2016 class in their junior season, so they're going to be some key contributors there, especially on defense. Um, and then you're going to get a lot of the uh, offensive guys from this past uh, recruiting cycle in 2017 back. So I, I think it's um, it's an interesting scenario for Harbaugh right now. Um you know, given the way that they ended this past season and how they ended with uh, signing day, so it, it'll be uh, interesting to uh, see how the spring great the spring game goes and going into summer and see all these position battles kind of play out. Yeah, and to me, I look at obviously there's, I mean, what I see with this class is a lack of guys that can kind of come in and play right away, uh, which you see even Alabama has those guys. I know they're stacked, but you know, Alabama has those guys. Ohio state has those guys, you know, these, these top tier programs find a way to bring in guys that can play right away. And, and maybe the rankings don't necessarily reflect the talent that Michigan has in this class. I don't, I don't know about that. Like I said, it's, 
anyone who says they know anything is is honestly full of crap. I mean, it's it is a crapshoot. Um, you know, you have this is this is what gets me. Uh, defensively, two star, three star, four star, five star guy that's a walk on. It doesn't matter. I'm confident that they're gonna, you know, that they'll develop the guys that need you to have that great defense. But you know, when I look at what this team's what these team, uh, what I'm sorry, stuttered there for a second. What this team's flaw is, uh, it's on the offensive line, and you brought in two guys. Uh, you know, your top two offensive linemen that you bring in in this class are, um, you know, Jalen Mayfield, Ryan Hayes, both kids uh, from from the state. But you know, we're talking about Mayfield's the the 268th overall player in the country. Um, Hayes is the 335th and, you know, even when they've recruited guys that are higher ranked than that, they have not been able to put out an, an offensive line. That's, you know, has been acceptable. I mean, it's, it hasn't even been average. It's been below average. And, you know, what, just when you think they've been able to get it going, you know, you see them put a couple games together against the Rutgers of the world, the Minnesotas of the world, you know, then you go to Wisconsin, you get punched in the mouth. You play Ohio state, you get punched in the mouth. Um, you play an SEC team in South Carolina, you get punched in the mouth. So, um, you know, a lot of, and this is where I really need to be careful how I word this, but what does Tim Drevno do for this team? I mean, he's not a good recruiter. They've had to pull him off guys and put other coaches on him to salvage recruitments. They've whiffed on some of the bigger, uh, the bigger targets they've had on the offensive line. And the guys that they do get, they don't develop. I mean, you have a couple guys that um, have ended up, you know, pretty good. I mean, obviously, Graham Glasgow was a guy that went to the NFL. I expect Mason Cole will be a guy that uh, will get drafted. But other than that, I mean, as a unit, they just haven't played well. And, and it's offensively, it's I don't know what's going on in that side of the ball. Um, you know, I think that uh, there's a lot. To, there's a lot to be left. Uh, there's a lot. You got this, man. Come I'm, on. I'm struggling with this one here because I'm trying to be as diplomatic <laughs> and as nice as I can. There is so much they have left to be desired there, and it's frustrating because, you know, you talk about this wanting to be a program that is that smash mouth style of football that, that, that Jim Harbaugh had at Stanford. They're not that. In fact, their guys are not as physically developed as some of these other teams are. And they're not as they're not as tough. They're soft, and I, I I'm hoping that for their sake, this new strength coach is able to maybe get them up to speed a little bit more. Because you know you gotta. It's one thing to have your technique down and things like that, but if you, you know, it, weak is weak, and and I think they've been pretty weak on both sides or around that one side of the football on defense. I mean, they um, I have zero doubt that develop that they will develop guys there, and even. You know, people talk about, oh, well, they break down in big games. Well, they break down yeah. in big games because they're always on the field. I mean, that's that that's what that is. You know, you can't you can't put drives together. You can't run the ball to close out games. When your defense is always on the field, they're not going to be perform at a high level because they're. I mean, they will early on, but they're going to wear down. People don't understand that, and they, this, these angry mobs and these people with the pitchforks. You need to put them away. And most of them, I'm not afraid to say it, they know nothing about football. They see the block M uh, on their TV. They see the winged helmet. And they just hope that they score more points than the other team. They know nothing about the game they're watching. They know nothing about scheme. They don't know nothing about the team, the players in the field. They just go out there and expect, oh, because our fight song says we're the leaders and the best, 
we should always be the number one team in the country. And it doesn't work like that. It doesn't. And I get tired of it because there's so many people on social media that, you know, they're, they're so quick to throw barbs and, um, you know, bring out the pitchforks and, and throw, I'll say it, just throw shit at the wall. And I'm tired of it. I'm tired of it. You, I get that it's frustrating right now. Everyone's frustrated. Michigan's frustrated. I mean, this is, since the season ended, relatively speaking, it's been a pretty quiet off season so far. Um, and people, I see people whining and complaining that they're going to France in April. They should be allowed to do that because they are lucky enough to go to for to a university where they have boosters that are willing to foot the bill for that. Now, what's silly, what they don't need is they don't need the free press sending people over there. They don't need the Detroit News sending people over there. That does not need to be covered. And for as much crap as this program gets for, you know, drawing attention to itself, it's the people that complain about that attention and complain about them not going into a submarine that that give them that attention. Because you know why? Jim Harbaugh's name puts asses in the seats and it gets people to click like no other. So you can't have it both ways like that. So if you if you are so steadfast in your belief that this team should have a quiet offseason, then leave them alone. Let them work. I mean, you don't need you don't need these beat writers following Jim Harbaugh into the urinal to ask him a question. You don't. It's ridiculous, and and I hate to turn this into a rant against the media, but, um, you know, some of these people are so desperate for clicks, so desperate for content. You know, it, it just frustrates me. And what it does is it riles up a fan base that already has enough to be riled up about. So, I look at the expectations. Yeah, you know what? This changes nothing for 2018. It doesn't. They had a crappy recruiting class. And that's no disrespect to the kids, but they missed on a lot of guys that they should have had. And it's unacceptable. And the way they played on the field is unacceptable. I mean, I think in the last, what is it? Um, I don't have the number in front of me, but you lost three of your last four in 20, uh, 2016. You lost five games yeah. this year. Yeah, It's unacceptable. And coaching cost them those a lot of those games. Period. Call it what it is. You know, so so there's my little rant. I mean, this program, Jim Harbaugh, he better know what he's doing because they have to go out and win ten or eleven games next year. They have to, you know, when they play Ohio State, it has to be for a chance to go to Indy. You can't lose games that you're not supposed to lose, and you can't shoot yourself in the foot either. And this team did not have an edge yeah, last year. No, I'm with you. And they did not have a killer instinct. And I put that on coaching. Period. Oh, no. so when I, I, I'm not trying to cut. You know, it's I'm, I'm definitely not trying to, to, to talk too long and and not give you a chance to say your piece. But you know, it's this changes nothing. For, this changes nothing. It doesn't. And um, you know, the the Danny knows thing. That was the, you know, I think you're going to end up getting a better football coach out of that. But, you know, when you look at the rest of this, this offensive staff, I have no idea why Tim Drevno still has a job. <laughs> I have no idea why why Pep Hamilton still has a job. And if an NFL team comes calling for him, bye. I'm not putting up a fight. <laughs> you know, and it's, you know, it's this, this, this program needs to stop falling in love with the, you know, four yards in a cloud of dust, the Bo Schembechler football of the 80s. It's not that anymore. It's not. 
College football is a whole different beast. The kids are faster. There's more talent on the field. It's a little bit more of a level playing field. You're, you're not getting all the best recruits anymore. So not only does this does staff need to recruit better, they need to find a way to, to get the job done. They got to coach better too. And I think they would tell you that. And this, I'm not trying to take shots at Jim Harbaugh or, or anything like that. They would look you in the eye and tell you the exact same thing. But the, the, the time for excuses and the time for just all the talk and, and the, you know, the, the satellite camp tours and the, you know, all that needs to stop. I mean, it's, it's be quiet, go to work and come back and punch some people in the mouth. That should, this recruiting mm-hmm. class doesn't change that. The way the season ended didn't change that. 2018 has and always will be the make or break year for this coaching staff. And if they don't get it done, I'm not going to sit here and tell you that nobody can do it better anymore because there, there are a lot of good coaches out there. So it's put up or shut up time, period. Yeah, I'm I'm with you. I, I do hope that Harbaugh and them know what they're doing because I, I want to go back to a few things that you said previously, um, specifically about the recruiting class, how you brought up the offensive line. I'm with you. I, I, I think that, that those were the, the big misses uh, from this recruiting cycle in 2018 was the offensive line. If they were able to get, it's I, been like I that know, for three I, years, but I mean, they, they, they got a few good ones. Uh, ben Bredesen was a highly rated guy. They were able to get him. Um, you know, that, that's sure. one that comes off the top of my head. Cesar Ruiz, uh, number one center from last, uh, last recruiting cycle. He contributed as a true freshman. He played fairly well, uh, at right guard expected place center, um, this upcoming season. But, uh, I, I'm with you. Um, you know, Jalen Mayfield and Ryan Hayes. I, I'm not sure if Ryan Hayes is going to play offensive line or not. Harbaugh at his press conference uh, earlier today kind of made it seem like he's going to be a tight end. And he, he said that it all just depends on the development, you know, with the uh, strength program that they're going to put these guys through and, you know, the practices and, you know, the whole meritocracy thing um, that Harbaugh spews at everybody of, you know, everyone's going to get a chance everywhere and, the best player is going to play and you know, all this and that. So if, if he thinks that Hayes is best at tight end, then he'll play tight end. Um, but I mean, if that's the case, they're going to have three tight ends in this class. And I, I don't necessarily think that you need three tight ends ever in any class. Um, especially when you've got Sean McCune, he's a young guy coming back. You still got Zach Gentry. Uh, you still have got Wheatley jr. Uh, you've, you've got a ton of tens um, and, and to convert one of your offensive linemen, one of your two, uh, to tight end uh, that leaves you with one guy on the offensive line in this recruiting cycle. And that's Jalen Mayfield, which, which I, I think he, he can be a solid uh, offensive lineman, but I don't think it's going to be right away by any means. I yeah. think he's going to need at least a year to, to develop his skills. Like you see a lot of these offensive linemen uh, from recruiting cycles right. past that really don't get a chance uh, their freshman season, the Ben Bredesen's and Cesar Ruiz's, they don't come around very often. And those are the only guys that can really contribute right away. Um, you know, when you need uh, that plug-in to be filled. When on when who went down earlier the year, Ruiz was that next guy up because yeah. he was clearly more talented. I, and I don't really see that out of Mayfield right away. Um, so, so that is a huge concern for me right off the bat as offensive line. Um, yeah, they 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 have the guys, and um, you know it's. This is a big year for the the Cesar Ruiz's of the world, yeah. the Mike Onwenu's of the world, the the Bredesen's of the world. So, um, before we wrap this up, I really I want to make it clear that 
I do think this will get turned around. I do think they're going to be a lot better uh, this upcoming season, but you know, I, I, I just, you know, it's, it's more, it's, it's frustration on all fronts right now. Um, you know, this program isn't really where it should be. Um, but the fan base as well. I mean, this is a process too. I mean, this was, we kind of knew that 2017, there was a chance it could happen that way. I mean, if, if you had told people that you would play, you know, three quarter, you would start three quarterbacks the season, they probably would have said they're prior an eight and five or, or nine and nine and 14. So, you know, injuries, injuries stunk. Um, he had some problems there, but, um, I'm just, I would caution people. I think everyone needs to use this off season to chill out, to be quiet and to reflect, um, while that, while that team goes to work. Um, you know, I still think that, you know, I think that somewhere deep down inside of Jim Harbaugh is a guy who is about to go on a revenge tour of sorts. Um, you know, there's a lot of, it's a tough schedule, but you know what? They played a lot of close games last year. Um, mm-hmm. With uh, you know, the only time they really got blown out was at Penn State, and that was, you know, that was a, a tough. That was they were destined they, to lose they, that they game. They walked into a buzzsaw. You know, it, it is they played the best. Um, yeah, and with with John O'Corn, I mean, they were in over their heads there. But you know, there's there's a lot of work to do, and I think that um, you know, I don't, I just don't want to see. The store, the offseason stories of you know, <laughs> what did Jim Harbaugh get on his pizza in Rome? Um, and that's not Jim Harbaugh's fault. Like I, you know, if people are going to follow him around to report that, that's not on him. I mean, I, I can assure you, that's a guy who doesn't want to want that microscope on him. Um, but he draws it to himself, and uh, you know, it's. I just would caution everyone that while this class does not look great. Um, it's better than the 2015 class that he had to kind of piece together uh, in a couple weeks that, you know, salvaged the last of the hope class. Um, spaces were limited this year. So it, um, that certainly played a part as well. But other than that, I mean, if Shea Patterson is, is ruled eligible, um, this has a chance to be a really special football team. Um, and I just hope that, you know, for, for their sake, that the work, I know a lot of guys in that locker room now are very salty about, about um, they see all the tweets. They, they see everything. Um, but don't think for a second that you as a fan tweeting at them, telling them how much they suck, telling them how much their coach sucks. Don't think for a second that, that uh, <laughs> no, no, it doesn't. they see it, but your feedback means nothing to them. It doesn't. And you know, if you, th- if you think that uh, if you think that, tweeting at them you're you're providing full fuel for their fires well it's not fuel you're just a fool period so um that's really all i got man i mean it's I, I try as i as i get older i mean this is i think the fourth national signing day that i've been with this site uh for now um the older i get through these and i, I make myself sound old but i'm not but the the more i guess experience i get Mm-hmm. looking at these things um this class stinks um in the grand scheme of things in comparison to what it should have been and that's not a that's not disrespectful to the kids but you know there are a lot of coaches that get paid a lot 
not just to coach football, but you got to recruit well too. And I think a lot of them didn't do a good job this year. Um, Tim Drevno probably being the biggest offender of that. And, you know, I think uh, at some point someone has to answer for that. Um, But it is what it is. I mean, you, you hope they coach him up. I mean, Michigan state doesn't have the higher highest rated classes in the world, but they always find themselves there. And, but on the flip side of that, people who use that argument don't realize that like when Michigan state got to the college football playoff and got through the big 10, they got their, their, you know, what kicked in by Alabama because Alabama was that much better, you know, just, just the athletes and, and the talent. And, um, that's ultimately what wins out. So, you know, if this is, if the goal is to, to win the national titles, you got to keep stacking those classes. Um, you know, I, I expect next year to be a very good class. Uh, you just got to keep building. I mean, it, it is a process. I mean, I don't think people realize the spot that um, this program was coming out of with Hoke. I mean, yeah, they were able to to kind of flip the switch relatively early with the upperclassmen of those. But, you know, when those guys were gone, there's there's not enough left. And, and it's not an excuse, but it is what it is. Um, but they got to do a better go- job of coaching the guys up that they do have. And in 2017, it didn't happen, and then they didn't have an identity. So hopefully they're able to find that. So uh, do you have any final thoughts before we get out of here? No, I think we pretty much covered it all. Like you said, the class stinks, but that's that's not really the player's fault. That is the coach's fault, not being let's, able to let's, finish on the recruiting trail. Let's go on the record and say it's disappointing. <laughs> I don't – you know, stinks is a little bit harsh, that. but I, it's, uh, it, it certainly smells today. Um having lost a, lost a couple guys that they should have had. Yeah, I agree. No, it, it's a huge disappointment, and fans have the right to be disappointed. Um, you know, it and, and like, like you said, I totally agree that we should all kind of lay low this offseason, let everything play out, let the spring practices play out, let uh, the vacationing play out, let the summer practices and position battles play out. And uh, let's just get to September 1st already, and then we can start uh, the uproar again, I'm sure, is what's going to happen. All right. Tell the people where they can – well, let me before you do that, let me just say that this is my final thoughts and kind of you know what people ask, well, how do they get this right? How do they fix it? You know how you fix this? You win football games. Yep. Period. Yep. It's as simple as that. I mean, people want to say, oh, well, do they need to change how they recruit people? Do they need to change how they coach? Nope. Just win games. Find a way. Get it done. Um you know, the, I think what eight and they were eight and five this year. They lost three, of the last four. So what they're um, nine and eight, their last 17 football games. Yeah. Not that's good. not good enough at, that's not good enough at middle tier, big 10 schools, let alone, you know, at a school where you're, you're paying a coach to get you to that, um, to that national title level. So just, you, you have to find a way to win games. I mean, it boils down to that. And um, Harbaugh has won more with less, when he coached at Stanford. So they have to, they just have to find a way to get it done. Um, you know, you can't, can't lose these rivalry games. You can't be one in six uh, in those games and, you know, got, got to win your trophy games and set yourself up to, to play for big 10 and national titles. So uh, tell the people where they can follow you on Twitter. People can follow me at Vaughn underscore Lozon. That's V O N underscore L O Z O N. All right, you can follow me on Twitter at Anthony T. Broom. Make sure you also follow the site at Maze and Brew on Twitter. Uh, you can subscribe to Maze and Brew's podcast on iTunes, uh, searching Maze and Brew podcast. Same deal with the Google Play Store. 
uh, subscribe, unsubscribe, subscribe again. Um, you know, tell your friends about it. You know, we, we want to deliver this stuff right to you, right to the people. So, I mean, we want you to come to the site, but if you could wake up in the morning and have a nice little notification as your alarm goes off that, uh, you know, one for the road or Victor's Valiant or whatever we have is, uh, is now ready for you to listen to take it with you on your commute and uh, listen to our hot takes uh, on, on the way. So thanks for listening and we will talk to you again soon.